Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Any Monday Podcast. My name's Colin Hemphill. And I'm Kayla Hemphill. On our show, we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title. Thanks for joining us, and Merry Christmas to everyone. Hey, all. Last week, we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the anime that appeared through the black portal is called ZX Ignition. Uh, so apparently ZX is a collectible card game, and uh, it was kind of marketed in Japan as a quote-unquote free-to-play card game. They would actually give away packs of these uh, at card shops and different events throughout Japan. Uh, that said, you probably did have to pay for some cards, so sure. There was a manga based on this property released in 2012, as well as a PS3 game in 2013. And finally, uh, there was the 12-episode anime series that we watched that's called ZX Ignition, uh, and that premiered in 2014. Kayla, would you like to give us a synopsis? Can do. The existence of humanity is threatened when gateways, called black spots, suddenly appear in major cities throughout the world. These gateways allow strange and dangerous creatures to carry out their territorial war at the expense of human lives. Only a select few have been given the means to capture these monsters and command their power for the sake of humanity. All right, the first thing I wanted to get out of the way is uh, the use of English in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ZX, in case you're wondering, apparently stands for Zillions of Enemy X. <laughs> so that's great. Anytime mm -hmm. uh, they said the word or the phrase ZX in this show, that's all I could think about was how it's based on some dumb English that doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I noticed a whole lot of other English going on in the show, but I mean, this is common to see things that don't quite, you know, like a native English speaker wouldn't necessarily say something like that. Mm -hmm. But this is probably the, the first case where it appears in the title and, and I have to continually face the fact that they are saying zillions of enemy acts. Yeah, because they refer to the monsters as... ZX. Yeah, ZX. Mm -hmm. A lot. Yeah. So we did have to hear that, which was kind of off-putting. Sure. Uh, as far as the plot goes in this show, um, they kind of immediately kick things off with a big lore dump, mm -hmm. uh, which is not uncommon. Uh, but these also don't stop. Uh, I believe all four episodes that we saw uh, have a big narration at the beginning to kind yeah. of explain things. Yeah, you get, like, bits at a time. So when you said lore dump, I was kind of thinking, well, it didn't really feel too much like a dump because there was so much information that was still lacking even four episodes in. We're still missing big chunks of information about what's going on in the world. Yeah, um, I mean, you kind of talked about the overall plot of things, but I guess, like, the big thing here is that there are these five kind of nations or worlds, alternate universes mm -hmm. sort of that open these portals to these cities and they're uh, basically allowing their internal wars to spill out into our world. But despite all the narration that the show started off with, uh, it was like you said, I didn't understand anything that was happening. Uh, and so you would get through an entire episode and they were throwing all of this information at you and then it would be the start of the next episode that they would explain what just happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so Personally, to me, that felt like a really bad way of telling the story. It's also kind of rough because they play really fast and loose with the timeline that's going on. So they drop you in when uh, the black spots first appeared in the world. And they appear not just in Japan, but all over the world. And 
you kind of get that information, and then we jump forward like three years, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, we jump forward three years, and it's New Year's Eve, and there's stuff going down. And then by the next episode, we're at Christmas Eve of the same year, but they went backwards. Uh-huh. Luckily, they at least give you timestamps, uh, so it, at least you were aware that they were going back in time, but it was very confusing. Yeah, um, the other kind of important plot device is that they have these cards that they use, mm-hmm. um, and apparently, like, police and military typically use these cards, and they're they're able to uh, both capture and utilize the ZX that come from the other worlds. Yep. So what do you what do you think of the idea that the humans have now like taken advantage of these other universe creatures to help them fight against alternate universes? It's actually kind of interesting because they use it in both ways. Um, so the humans use it in order to kind of defend themselves, but alternatively, some of the other monsters give like the. I don't remember what the device is called, the card holder to humans in order to kind of use the human for their own means. Sure. I think it's just called a ZX card or something like that. Sure. Great. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting that somehow, some way um, that is not explained, we have found a way to harness their ability to kind of create this symbiotic relationship with them. Yeah. And and that relationship that you're talking about, part of it is that the ZX, and by the way, the ZX, uh, we call them creatures, but like some of them are basically humans. Uh, it kind of depends on which world they come from. Yep. Uh, the the different worlds are broken into colors. So there's red, blue, white, black, and green. Uh, blue seems to be just like people but they're more technologically advanced than we are. Mm-hmm. They're like futuristic and, and things like that. White are typically like super powerful kinds of humans mm-hmm. uh, that they call angels. Mm-hmm. And then black are more of your traditional kind of monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what I, I could tell from this show. Oh, yeah. No, I'd agree. Even uh, green, they looked like humans from the past. So we saw a guy that looked kind of like a samurai. And we saw two guys that kind of looked like Samurai. One was on a horse and one was, I guess, just like fighting the panther thing. Yeah. And so um, when these creatures come, when the ZX come out of their world, uh, the the black hole or the black spot that you you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of where they draw their power from because they're, you know, supposed to be part of their own world. Mm -hmm. But the cards give them the the ability to have that energy portable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if they're with a ZX user, they can go anywhere. Right. Whereas they would be limited in their amount of distance, depending on how powerful they were. It's funny, the more powerful they are, the closer they have to stay because they utilize more energy. So they really need the users in order to harness that ability further out from from the portal. And, and this is something I actually thought was an interesting way for them to contextualize the the game portion of things. Mm-hmm. They made it not feel like a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could have done Yu-Gi-Oh, right? <laughs> Where they're literally yes. playing card games. Yeah. Uh, but that's not what this show is. They, they found a way to kind of build this universe and 
make the mechanics kind of the the backdrop. They don't really mm-hmm. they don't rely on the mechanics of the game. It's just part of the universe here. Yeah, and it seems like in this universe you really only have one user and one ZX. Whereas I imagine in the card game you would have multiple. Um, this one it seems like you have one of the the ZX holder thing and you get access to one creature and that's like the relationship you have. Right. Instead of having lots of different creatures at your disposal. Um, one thing that I had a little bit of trouble with is actually the the card holder um only because because we have so much information that's lacking you just kind of have to have this suspended belief of we're we were we just figured it out because when you first encounter the world the very first episode first thing that you see these spots appear these monsters come out and they describe it like they're nearly wiping out humanity yeah and then we just jump to three years later, and humanity's fine. Yep. We've picked up the pieces. We're figuring it out. And lives have, as they describe it, almost gone back to normal. Like, we see a character who's a waiter at a restaurant, and that's still, like, a thing. And there's no explanation as to how we figured this out. Um, there is some suggestion that maybe people from the blue world helped because they have this super advanced technology. But that's that's me taking a lot of leaps of logic. Yeah, they, they also said something about how um, the specific locations in Japan where the portals actually opened up mm-hmm. uh, left one of the major cities kind of as a central point where there wasn't that much activity. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people traveled from those cities where the portals had opened. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people kind of converged on that one city, and that's where they could kind of live their normal lives Mm -hmm. uh, while all the fighting was going on elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even so, like, you know, then they introduce the cards and the fact that they can be anywhere, and that kind of gets blown out the window. Yeah. uh, We didn't get to explore what the world is like outside of this city that is sort of okay um, we haven't really gotten to see what it's like near the portal. Um, they've some of the characters alluded to there being a lot of fighting around that area between the different factions of the different colored worlds. So it that was a part that I don't know if they're going to explain, but would be interesting to see more of. And this actually relates to something that I wrote down, uh, which is the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, the the show opens with this really like dark and brooding sort of narration that's explaining all of this destruction that's happening and how there's this indiscriminate slaughter from all these monsters that are coming out of these portals. Mm -hmm. And then they immediately throw that out and they introduce these zany characters. (laughs) There's a little girl riding a giant robot dinosaur Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay. (laughs) And then it goes to Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. And immediately, that whole thing that they just set up is not a big deal anymore. Yeah, it felt like it completely washed that out of like, yeah, that happened, but eh, you don't need to pay attention to that. And and like, this isn't a comedy by any means. They don't ever really focus on, on funny stuff happening. No. But it never takes on that tone that it originally set up. At least not yet. Um, it doesn't, at least in the first four episodes, it hasn't really 
taken much of a tone either way. And so it it could in later episodes, but definitely didn't do it in the first four. I think that's in part due to the main character yeah. and his personality. So the main character's name is Asuka, and he is probably the reason why it feels a little more lighthearted than it would because he is kind of a goofy character. Yeah. Yeah, he is kind of one of these characters that we talked about who is kind of living their normal life after all of these events happen. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of gets forced on him. Yes. And so I think that's where we might, if there is a tone shift at all in the show, Mm -hmm. it might be in the fact that this character is experiencing a very rapid change in his life. Which we see uh, when, when they drop us into the story. He has only had his creature for two for a week right because it's new year's eve Mm -hmm. and he gets his creature like christmas eve of the same year so it could be that there's quite a bit of change as time goes on yeah i mean so the way they've kind of introduced him uh, because he was just living his normal life Mm -hmm. um, he seems pretty bland and normal to me sure Um, i don't have all that much to say about him personally other than He seems very willing to immediately jump into this war that he was not a part of at all. It's kind of interesting because he has this tone of being super optimistic without being dumb. Um, So he never seems unaware of what's going on or how harsh the world's reality is. He's just sort of like, well, it's going to work out one way or another. And I'd like to be part of the good that could be left in the world rather than dwelling on how awful everything is. And that, I think, is part of the reason why it doesn't feel like there's a set tone. Because a lot of the other characters around him are very brooding. They have a lot of really negative things going on. And he's just kind of this bright light. And like I said, he's not he's not dumb about things. He realizes that the world is this dark place. He's just sort of just trying to get by. And uh, kind of the event that sets all this up is that he meets a character named uh, Fierte, uh, and she is an angel, uh, what they call an angel, which they didn't talk about this when it was first introduced. They gave it in a lore dump in a following episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, apparently an angel is just an inhabitant of the white world who is just better than everyone else there, I guess. <laughs> they have stronger personalities. Yeah, so the white world is basically like just people, mm-hmm. and some people are way cool, mm-hmm. and they ascend to being uh, an angel who gets to be like in a leadership position, and they kind of look down on everyone else. Yep. Uh, and Fierte apparently didn't like the way that that worked, and she was like not into the idea of just looking down on humans and Mm -hmm. torturing them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she comes down to the world, and that's when uh, Asuka finds her. Mm -hmm. So Asuka actually has a very interesting encounter with her because the first time he meets her, she is falling from the sky and near death. Yeah. Because she was in a battle with another one of the main characters and her counterpart. Right. Yeah, and that's uh, ISA, mm-hmm. who um, I I think is from the Black World. Yep. 
and uh, they're real not into angels. Yeah. Polar opposite. Yeah. Uh, the black and white thing. <laughs> real, real subtle. <laughs> yeah. I think even at some point, uh, other characters call her like the angel killer. Mm-hmm. This is her main mission is to find angels and just take them out. Which at first, there isn't a whole lot of explanation. But we were able to get a little bit of it, and she has a very distinct reason as to why. Um, And that made her very endearing to me, Um, because there are types of characters in anime that are, they just like killing for the sake of killing. And she is not one of those characters. Uh, She also is a type of character, she is seeking revenge on the angels, and... What I love is that she can still be reasoned with. Um, So she encounters our main character and his angel. And they run into each other several times as she's trying to kill the angel that's that's with him. She eventually gets saved by him and mostly the angel. And she decides, like, you know what? I'm going to let this person pass. This angel is not, like, the angel that I'm looking for. This angel is okay. And so I'm not going to kill it. And that is not something I feel like we get to see very much in anime, is a character who is hell-bent on a certain mission but actually can be reasoned with and can grow as a human being. And that was really nice to see. And like I said, I really enjoyed her character because of that. Yeah, and even after, like... letting the main character and the angel live, mm-hmm. um, she still maintains this sort of cold hostility towards them. Yeah. She's not friendly with them by no. any means. No, she doesn't suddenly have a a shift in personality and becomes a totally... She's still herself, and she still has her mission. She's just decided these two get a pass. Uh, now, ISA also has uh, a ZX, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a little bit different than the other ZX that we see in the show. Uh, its name is Seeger, and it's like this big, monstrous, demon, dog sort of thing. Panther. Panther, sure. <laughs> he makes a point to let everyone know that he is a panther. Yes. <laughs> but he has a crown, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> uh, I guess the only other character we really get to interact with is Azumi, mm-hmm. uh, who's a younger girl. We don't really know how old exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's from the Blue World. Mm-hmm. And um, as it turns out, she is dying from this mysterious disease. Something to do with seizures. Yeah, she gets seizures. Um, And whatever it is, we can't cure it with our medicine, Mm -hmm. what we have available. But the Blue World reaches out to her and says, hey, we have the technology. We know medicine. We can give you this pill and you'll live. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also in exchange, you have to fight to the death for us. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's uh, not great. That's that's what I actually found really interesting about this world building is that the different factions realize their limited ability. And so they find ways to survive. And for me, that was a very calculated and somewhat manipulated response. But it made sense. It wasn't like... They weren't trying to be altruistic. They needed somebody who could send out their fighters into the world to, you know, be be powerful allies. 
and they need people for that. And so they used what they had in order to get people. And they still care. Like her creature person cares about her and takes care of her and everything. But it's interesting to me to see how these different factions interact with humanity. Um, I, I think the reason why I like these three characters is that they all have the same thing happening to them. There's this overarching kind of plot that's happening where the city's about to get invaded by one of the worlds. And the three of them all have different motivations for fighting. And they all have different motivations for having their ZX and for continuing to be a part of this war that's going on. And that was very interesting to me to see how all three of these different people can have totally different motivations and still be working towards the same goal. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Their motivations were pretty interesting. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the production. All right. So uh, did you have any thoughts on the animation quality, character designs, art style, music and things of that sort? Yeah, I I generally really liked the animation style. Uh, My only complaint so far is that I haven't gotten to encounter enough characters from the different worlds to be able to know if there's any, like, reoccurring patterns other than with the white world, it's all very angelic looking. It, It seems like... There isn't a very clear, like, this creature is from this world, and that's how you can tell the alignment. They just seem to instinctually know, like, this person's associated with this world. Um, Because when they see people invading, they're like, what? The green world invading? What? The red world invading? It's like, how, how can you tell? Like, can you let me know how you know that? Not that I need them, you know, color coded Power Ranger style, but. If there was some sort of continuing theme with each of the worlds, I think that would at least be helpful. Um, But otherwise, all the characters are really easy to tell apart, um, and all of their styles are realistic. They all live in the modern age, so they're wearing modern clothing. Um, The humans are, not the creatures. And their outfits are very identifying to who they are. So our main character, he wears just like jeans and a t-shirt. And Asumi is a little girl and she's wearing these very soft, um, she almost looks cloud-like. She wears a lot of these kind of white blue colors. Looks like she's wearing kind of like puffy fur or something. Um, And she looks like the innocent kind of broken child that she is. Whereas Ayase wears very dark clothing, um, kind of indicative of like her traumatic past and her vengeful spirit and I I liked that their clothes really mirrored their personalities in a way that wasn't over the top. Uh, overall I would say I thought the animation was better than it deserves to be <laughs> uh, for a show that I went into expecting like a card fighting show. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was better produced than than, uh, than I would normally expect from something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there were there were a lot of battles in the show. There were moving vehicles, which are typically not great in, in modern productions. 
uh, especially when CG's involved. Uh, there were a lot of monster designs, and, and the monsters had different movements, mm-hmm. and the character movements and their facial expressions, everything actually kind of came together pretty well. Mm-hmm. Not that it was particularly innovative or there were like crazy weird visuals in any way, but uh, you could tell that this had some talent and at least some budget behind it, mm-hmm. which based on its source material like and the general lack of information about this show, when you search for this, all you find is the card game, and I can't make heads or tails of any of that because it's all in Japanese. Yeah. You know, I was, I'm not sure how that budget worked out. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but apparently they, they were able to find something for the show. Uh, I think they're actually, there's a follow-up anime coming out next year, too, so. Oh, interesting. They're still going. There's one particular part of the animation that really struck me, and I'd love to talk about it really quick. So as kind of a power set that like the angels have, they have this ability to put up barriers within a certain range that effectively freezes time. Anybody that is in the barrier is frozen unless they have one of these card carriers. Then they're able to move within the barrier. The part that I really loved about it is that they made it really noticeable that you're in or outside of the barrier. So they actually changed the color scheme when you were inside of the barrier. And that's like an, a level of detail that I really appreciated, is that you could tell who was able to move, who wasn't, and if you were inside or outside of the barrier, because they changed everything around it. And not like in a black and white sort of way, but in this kind of like softer pastel kind of coloring yeah desaturated and with some some blurring sorts of effects yeah and i thought that was great um to me it was just it was a level of detail that i find a lot of shows they don't do um and they had a reason for it and they had an explanation for it and the animation went alongside that and i it was something that really just stood out to me yeah and and Looking at specific things, uh, I also noticed the opening animation uh, has some actually really cool stuff going on in it, if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, like transitions between these scenes and different cuts and, and how they're showing the characters in in, uh, in tandem with the music playing. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one part where there's some liquid uh, that drips down the screen and it like morphs into the silhouettes of the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually pretty cool <laughs> the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they did give attention to some details that I thought were pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned the the character designs a little bit. Personally, I think Oscar looks pretty dumb. <laughs> He's got like this weird sort of really pale pink hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just got a dumb face. I, I don't I don't know how to put it other than... <laughs> he's just than... supposed to be average. Yeah, I guess. Um, Though I think a lot of people have called him handsome. So maybe yeah. that's what a handsome face looks like. <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Some some stuff might be a little over-designed for me. Okay. Um, they're just putting so much detail and these weird little quirks to the characters, mm-hmm. whether that's to make them recognizable or or if it's a holdover from a card game where mm-hmm. they have to make the cards really weird and unique. Yeah. Uh, and so that just carried straight into the show. I'm not sure, but... Sure. Yeah. But for the most part, I think they did okay uh, with some over-designing in, in certain places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I would mention is the music. Mm-hmm. The opening and outro songs aren't bad. Um, no. Probably wouldn't put them on my Spotify playlist sure. anytime soon, but <laughs> a 
we're also watching K on at the moment, mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to top the music. It is. Um, it's hard to compete with that. One thing that you will note about this show is that it's got the kind of classic fighting show technique where they pull in this really hard hitting mm-hmm. uh, driving rock music mm-hmm. um, with big squealy guitar solos and, and heavy chords. And I think it would be easy to give it a pass and say like, oh, I, I noticed the music because it was loud yeah. and obnoxious <laughs> Sure. Uh, without actually saying like, was it actually good? Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, I think it was. It was actually pretty decent. I tried really hard to actually pay attention to whether it was actually good rather than just could I tell that it was there. Sure. And yeah, I'd say it was it worked out pretty well. Uh, I think I might have a reason why it was more noticeable and why they probably had the ability to make it good. There are lots of quiet parts in this show. Um, that was something that actually stood out to me more than the music was their use of silence. Um, and I don't mean complete silence. There is atmospheric, like it. there's this one scene where there's a couple of girls are standing on a bridge and you can hear the water like going underneath the bridge, but there's no music playing. And that was really nice that there were these parts where there isn't this constant stream of music or something going to try and tell you how to feel. They just let the characters and the atmosphere of that world be what it was. And I think that allowed them to put effort into music when they wanted it and to really emphasize it and to make it a statement when music came in. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Did you have any uh, overall thoughts and likes and dislikes that you want to talk about? Uh, Yeah, um, I think I really struggled with the show for the same reason that I like the show. I also... I had the same feelings that you did about like, all right, this is just going to be another card game thing. We've watched shows with that before. Here we go. You know, and it was totally different. It was it definitely did something that I was not expecting. And I appreciated that. I have generally enjoyed the world building that it's done when it's handed me information. I've been I've embraced it. The problem is I'm either given a lot of information all at once or or I'm not given any information at all. And so there were times when I had a lot of questions about like, okay, well, why is this happening? Okay, well, wait, hold on. What is this? And I can't tell if the show is just wanting me to like back off those questions and say like, hey, we just need you to believe. Like we just need you to trust us and embrace this world for what it is. And when I do that, I found myself enjoying the show a lot more. So if you're able to kind of take a step back and to say like, okay, not every little part of the show needs to be explained, I think it could be a really enjoyable. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, when when I saw what we were going to watch, I was expecting not quite the um, the token Rambu, which is the card game we watched before with mm-hmm. the sword boys. <laughs> um, I was expecting more Yu-Gi-Oh!, Honestly, sure. And maybe that's a bad comparison because that's more of a kid's show. Mm -hmm. But I was expecting, you know, people playing a an actual game in a show Mm -hmm. and monsters coming out of the cards Mm -hmm. and they fought. And the point wasn't like this big world where this actual battle is happening. Mm -hmm. And if if not that, then I expected the way that they worked the the mechanics of the card game into that world mm-hmm. wouldn't be very well conceived. Yeah. But it turns out they actually 
did do a pretty good job of that, mm-hmm. of making the mechanics not feel like card game mechanics, but feel like a part of this universe. Yeah, you could, if you didn't know that this series was based off of a card game, probably, you probably would not be able to tell at all, which is good. I think it speaks well for it. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh! because I went in thinking something more along the lines of Pokemon, which is why it struck me that they couldn't collect a bunch of these monsters, that it was like one per person. Yeah. So I, I thought kind of the the same thing of like, you're going to be doing these random battles and then like, haha, I won. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, and that's not how this world is in a good way. It's not like that. Uh, one thing that I would say that is kind of a mechanic of the card game that they introduced in this universe that maybe they didn't sell quite as well is uh, the relationship between the ZX and their user. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you can say that, like, this is a symbiotic relationship where, in the case of Izumi, uh, like, they're both benefiting from each other. Mm-hmm. They're getting to use her as a war machine, mm-hmm. and she gets to live. Mm-hmm. In other cases, that relationship isn't clear no uh sometimes they just try to say well you have resources so i'll go with you i guess sure but like they explicitly say that they're capturing a zx Mm -hmm. they hold the card up and they like suck them in yep and they say i have captured you Mm -hmm. but when they release them that's still a totally like autonomous free-willed individual Mm -hmm. and i i don't think they sell the fact that these ZX are actually staying with them and fighting for them for a reason. Uh, I think the only one that's, that is really clear with is uh, the main character. Um, him and his ZX don't make any sense. They just kind of bumped into each other and now they're together. And one thing that they mention is that because she was so powerful, the, the angel, um, she actually had to choose him. She had to, like, be a part of that relationship, and she does. And she's like, I don't know why I did that. Let's just move on. That part is unclear because uh, even with um, ISA, with hers, um, he just likes killing, and he especially likes killing angels, and that's all that she wants to do, and so that's that's why they partnered together. So even their, like, motivations match up. It's the main characters that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I guess aside from that one bit of world building that doesn't 100% add up, the rest of it I thought was fine. Um, I'm actually somewhat interested in the way the different worlds work, Mm -hmm. Um, like why some worlds have totally different races of people or uh, different types of creatures Mm -hmm. and uh, why they seem to take place on different timelines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overall, though, I would say like I'm not necessarily drawn into the characters in the world to the point that Maybe it's grabbed me at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would change over further episodes, but um, right now it still just kind of feels like this fighting show to me. um, I haven't found that that one thing to latch on to that makes it different or unique enough that I want to chase it. So I guess you're answering the, would you watch more of this? Uh, You could say that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think I would probably say maybe on this one. Okay. I got a lot, of, a lot of other shows going on. <laughs> sure. I want to finish K-On. Yeah. And uh, if I had the choice between uh, going down the, the path of this further and, and uh, maybe they'll get me to buy the cards later <laughs> or 
watching K on, I'm I'm definitely going to do the latter. Sure. So that's maybe an unfair comparison, but <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, I, I don't know that I'd willfully choose this show over something else. Okay. And how about you? I I'm actually going to say yes that I would watch more of the show. I am very interested in learning about the dynamics uh, between the different worlds and how and why humanity is involved. And to answer some of those questions, I don't know if that necessarily means I'll finish the whole thing. Um, I don't know if I'm that ready for it yet. Uh, We'll see. But I do like the characters. I love their motivations. because they're just very interesting to me. And they just feel like characters I can care about. And maybe it's because we've watched a lot of rough shows lately. That could be it. (laughs) That I'm just like, oh, this feels like a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah, which which is a side (laughs) note, but there was actually relatively little sexy stuff. Yeah. There were like maybe uh, a few characters who could use some more clothing and they would focus on those characters. But it was so fast and it only happened like once. It was sort of like, "Eh, I'll forgive it. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully that sticks for the rest of the show. And I I think part of the reason why is because I want to see it find a tone. And it could find a tone that I don't like and I could abandon the show. But I think it has a lot of potential to be something I enjoy. So I'm going to give it a chance. Cool. All right. I think that'll wrap it up for us then. Yeah, I think so. Uh, if you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at anamonday.moe. That's anamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moe. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is anamondaycast. And you can find links for that on our website. I'd like to thank Crunchyroll for the nearly infinite repository of anime that you've provided and for the random button which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week by watching what we're watching, you'll find a link to the current title on our website and social media. Thanks also to C2A for providing the intro and outro music from his Senpai EPs, which you'll find on Bandcamp and other major streaming services. Uh, y'all, C- C2A has a new album out. Uh, it actually came out like late tonight, and it'll be available the Monday that you're listening to this. <laughs> uh, it's called Homebound, and you should definitely check it out. Um, what I've heard so far is very good. That's awesome. Uh, you'll find links in the show notes and on our website to uh, listen to his music. All right. Are you ready to roll? I am ready. Uh, we do want to note that we're going to hold on to this roll, and we may or may not use it next week. We're trying to determine if we're going to do some sort of Christmas special, or if we're going to go with the the normal randomize. Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> Christmas. If you have any suggestions for Christmas anime for us to watch, let us know. Yeah. All right, random button in three, two, one. The anime for this week is Broken Blade. And the first episode is called The Time of Awakening. All right. Fun, fun. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll get back to this show uh, either next week or the following week, depending on our Christmas plans. Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.
Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Annie Monday podcast. My name is Colin Hempill. And I'm Kayla Hempill. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so distracted. <laughs> you forgot your one line at the beginning. <laughs> I was just staring at you, waiting for you to say Happy Christmas again. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. I'm not good. Well, at least I've got a <laughs> uh, a blooper for the for the end. No. Yeah, you brought this on yourself. Oh, I'm crying now. I'm actually crying. Okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. Uh-huh. I got it. <laughs> Good. I'm good. Sure. Sure. 